Hello, hello, hello. It's me, Jan Goldstein, and welcome to All That Matters. And if you've been listening for a while over the course of the past year, well, welcome back. And if this is your first time, I'm thrilled that you've discovered us. And thank you to all of you who passed on information about this podcast, this um, positivity podcast, as many have come to call it. And it's been my way of looking at the world, particularly over the course of this pandemic that we've experienced in the past year and uh, reframing things. Um, And I thought as we move now beyond, we've just celebrated our 50th episode. And as we move beyond that, I thought it would be a good time to return and explain where this title came from, All That Matters. Um, I had written two books of nonfiction, Life Can Be This Good, which I've referred to in past podcasts because many of the stories uh, that uh, launched this podcast came from that book. They were experiences of my life or people very close to me and ways in which I had turned those experiences a little to the left or a little to the right or a little upside down and reef and and looking at things from a little different angle found the good stuff in it in other words sometimes life can throw things at us really really tough and uh, maybe hard to see where's the good in it but there are a number of experiences uh, that I've had and that I've shared over the course of this first 50 episodes um, in which I came to understand the good stuff or how to get at the good stuff through other people who've taught me, who've mentored me, um, and through my own life's understanding. And thanks so much for sharing it and for um, the kind words when you write in. When you go to jangoldstein.com, by the way, you'll find the books I'm talking about that I've written, um, and there are five to date, two nonfiction and three novels. And uh, also you can find the podcast. So if anybody looking for the podcast or you're telling somebody about it and you forget that it's on Apple or Spotify or um you know, Amazon or Audible or any of these places, and it's everywhere you can find podcasts. It is also on my website, so you can you can listen to it there as well. But I wanted to share with you this all that matters idea, um, and it comes from my first novel, which bears that title. And I had written, as I say, two books of nonfiction, and I went to my agent, and I said to her, she basically said, what do you want to do next? And I said, what I really want to do is write novels. And I said, I really, you know, have grown up in a tradition of storytellers, and I want to take the true stuff that's happened to me and combine it with my own imagination and creativity uh, and tell stories that might educate and illuminate um, and entertain. And um, and she said, go do it. 
she basically gave me permission as if I needed to hear that in the universe. Go, go do, go pursue your dreams. Um, why not? And, um, and, and with that, I, I just leapt into it. And I came uh, in, in, in thinking about writing novels. And for those of you who are writers or creators in some way, you go, well, where do your ideas come from? And oftentimes you'll find that come from some experience in your life that you'll reshape and retell. And that was certainly true for me. I had been shaken as a uh, in my role as an educator um, by the experience with a young, she was a young girl at the time when I taught her. And a few years after leaving um, and going to high school, uh, I had taught her in junior high. Uh, as she, late in her high school years, she had decided to take her life. And when I tell you, first of all, anyone who's ever experienced a suicide uh, in their family, amongst their friends, or their acquaintances, someone they knew or someone knew someone who knew someone, um, it uh, burnishes you. Uh, it burns and it uh, lodges itself inside your soul and you wrestle with what has brought a person to this to this moment. Uh, I came to understand as I had did some research on suicide um, or at least those who are talking about suicide that my initial inclination whenever I came across and I did have someone who wanted to take their life. They were an older person uh, years earlier that I had been acquainted with uh, who wanted to talk to me. Um, and the first inkling of hearing about wanting to take their life, I immediately launched into my cheerleader um, persona and told them just why life was worth living and how they could have so many exciting experiences. There was so much ahead of them. And after a, a diet of that a couple times meeting with them, um, and again, uh, if you're trying to follow this, I'm, uh, I'm looking back. This is not the young girl. This is an, an older person who I was acquainted with who actually called to talk to me about this decision where she wanted to take end her life and I did nothing but cheerlead her about why life was worth living after which by the third visit I had with her she asked me not to come back anymore and I was discussing that with uh I was a stu student uh studying for the rabbin at the time and I was working with a psychiatrist under a psychiatrist um an educator and a psychiatrist within a hospital setting. And I would go and review what I was experiencing and doing in order to help others. So I was learning from them about counseling and dealing with, uh, dealing with uh, complications and struggles in life. And she said, what did you, what did this person want to talk about? 
I said, well, they wanted to, she wanted to talk about dying. Right, and what did you talk about? I said, I told her why she should live. I told her why she should live. Again, what did she want to talk about? I said she wanted to talk about she wanted to talk about ending her life. And the psychiatrist said, exactly. You see, Jan, when you go to talk to somebody and they they have something they want to talk about, you meet them where they're at, not where you're at. You can't possibly help somebody unless you meet them where they're at. And she wanted to talk about death, and you only wanted to talk about the opposite. So that's why she didn't want to see you anymore. And by the way, I came across that person walking in the neighborhood where I used to see her, and literally I'm walking, I'm some distance away, but I recognize uh, 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 an older person walking along the sidewalk and suddenly a car comes this older person moves to the curb and then jumps in front of the car and i was so shocked i went running after her, and the, luckily the car came slammed on its brakes just in time and when i arrived there i bent down and realized it was this woman and she was literally taking trying to take her life right in front of me um i don't think she knew i was there i didn't know it was her at first and i was so stunned and it was so heartbreaking but i learned a lesson i learned about talking to people at least i attempt to do it where they're at no matter where their walk in life where where are they coming from And I think we all need to do it, and I need to be reminded of that. But this young girl, now years later, who I'd experienced, had chosen, I had no contact with her after she left the school where I was at and uh, heard about several years later that she had um, written a letter to her parents, a beautiful letter that basically told them, don't blame yourselves, but I'm sorry I've come to this decision. And she took her life. And we were stunned. Everyone who knew her was stunned. Because when I tell you this, I tell you sometimes we're talking about people that we see are openly sad or depressed. But every one of us, to a a person that I knew of, that knew this young lady, uh, had experienced her to be one of the most joyous people we'd ever known. And if we were fooled, we were all fooled tremendously upbeat a great athlete uh she was buried i remember the coach putting the basketball into the coffin with her uh it it was heartbreaking so this is the experience that stayed with me and i began creating a story around her with this question in mind who could she meet with who might be able to alter her life or in this case her choice of death in other words who could she meet who might reframe life for her and who that person might be and there's a story in that because i think novelists and playwrights and artists they show us what life is 
but they also show us what life might be. In other, in other words, they sort of illuminate, here's a truth in life. In this case, there's a young woman in my novel who, in, in the case as I put the story together, and this was not based on this girl at all, but I took her circumstance and basically said, I'm going to create a story where the young woman in the very first chapter goes down to the beach with a bottle of Xanax and a liquor bottle, a bottle of tequila, and goes down to basically take those pills and die, drink them down and die. And before she does, she videotapes a reason why her life has come to this place, which has something to do with the fact that her mother has tragically died, that the man that she thought was the one turns out not to be, and that her father is busy with a new family and seems to have little time for her. And for many other reasons, she decides that this is the time to end her life. She says no one notices anyway. And so she goes down to the beach, takes her pills, tequila, drinks down a bottle of tequila, looks out at the sunset, lays down to die. Only in this case, someone noticed. She's accidentally discovered and brought to a hospital. And I discovered who that person would be who would confront her and go through a journey with her, literally, and help her to a different, perhaps, reframing of life. And that was her Holocaust-surviving grandmother, who was basically in her deathbed in New York City, who hears of her granddaughter, comes across the United States, steals her daughter out of a psychiatric ward after they've pumped her stomach and taken the pills and rescued her, and this grandmother takes her on a journey across America to help her fall in love with life. Along the way, she'll teach her about all that matters. And that's the story. That's the story how I got to this point, to name my podcast All That Matters. Because to me, it's not only a lifeline, it is very much an experience and a celebration of those aspects of our life. Yes, they can deal with mortality. They can deal with uh, intimacy and they can deal with hatred and love. And they deal most importantly with illumination. How can we find the light and the good in life's experiences? That first novel was called by the New York Times bestselling author Kristen Hanna, A Compelling, Deeply Moving Story of Love, Friendship, Family, and Second Chances. And that is the essence, and I thank Kristen for her kind words, that is the essence of this novel. It's really about love, and it's really about second chances. And that is what this podcast is about life love and second chances what will you take a chance on in the coming week and weeks what 
are the things that matter most to you. Because when we find all that matters, we not only enrich our understanding of the life around us, but the love within us. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters.